Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Welcome to Pre-Service, a podcast all about preparing you for worship at Silverdale Baptist Church. My name is Michael. I'm with my friend and co-host, Kevin, and we're glad to be together with you. Yeah, thank you for spending time with us, whether you're listening to us on the podcast, if you're watching us on uh, YouTube or Facebook video, we appreciate you taking time, and we hope that you're going to use what we do here and what we share with you here as you prepare your heart for the service this weekend. Yeah, so if you're new to this podcast... We are going through the book of Hebrews as a church. Our pastor is teaching through Hebrews. We're about to study Hebrews chapter 9. And so to help you out, to help us out, we're going to take a look at that. We're we're not here to pre-preach our pastor's message, yeah. but we do hope that as we explore the text, this might take some of the edge off of it for you to help you prepare your heart for worship. And 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 honestly, I want to I want to set the table like this. It's it's really more than us just passing information on to you. It's about transformation. It's about helping our hearts and minds be ready to receive what the Lord has for us this weekend. Yeah. And sometimes you've had a week of things, you, you know, spouse, the work, uh, the kids, things can be going on, right? And we hope that this is a moment in your week to help you transition from the application of what you heard last week and putting that into practice and prepare your heart for the next passage that we're about to dive into. Yeah, so as a church, we talk a lot about a Bible study method called the SOAP Bible study method, and it's an acronym, SOAP, S-O-A-P, stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. So a big part of what we do here is we make observations about the text. Now, normally, we would read the entire chapter or the entire portion of of what we would be talking about. We're not going to do that this time. Because chapter nine's a quite a large chapter. Yeah, it would take about half of this lot. podcast. Yes, yes. And we we have a few things that kind of stood out to each of us and to both of us that we want to share. So if we look at the beginning of chapter nine, when you get an opportunity to sit down and start reading through, what you're going to find is that the author of Hebrews starts off chapter nine, chapter nine talking about the religious worship practices of the nation of Israel. He's recalling it to their mind. And remember, the people that were receiving this were Jewish. It had been their tradition. It had been their culture. They were going through that. So like the first seven, eight verses are going to be really close at hand for them. But when you read it, maybe not. Yeah, I want to be honest here. When I read this part, I thought, here we go again. Me too. We've talked so (laughs) much about Old Testament Levitical law and worship culture. And I'm just like, man, are we going to do this again? What are we going to say about this? When you (laughs) said that earlier today, I was so happy because I was like, okay, it's not just me. I'm not, I'm not thinking again, we're going into the Levitical (laughs) laws and the sacrifices. And uh, because that it's not something that we always deal with, right? That's right. And so it, it is important. It was important for them. And certainly we're going to see, and, and we have already seen in chapter eight and before, where that was a shadow of the reality. Right. Jesus is the real answer. He's the real uh, situation, the way that we get to God, right? And he has the actual sacrifice. Those sacrifices were a shadow of, a representation of 
what was to come for us. But. Yeah, so I want to I want to I want to deal with a thought here before we actually get into the text. When we when we run up against a passage like this that just feels so very foreign, there are a couple of different approaches we could take to that passage. We can look at that, we can read it and think, you know what? This is not relevant to me at all. This is talking about history. This is something that they did. It's not something that I do and there's no relevance to me whatsoever. Yeah. And 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 that wouldn't be a healthy biblical approach to the text. God has given us his word for, for a, reason. a reason. Exactly. And he put it together in a certain way. And sometimes it makes us feel uncomfortable. Sometimes yes. we're thinking, man, you know, I feel like he could have said that a little differently and it might not sound so controversial. Yes. But he gave it to us for... This way. Yes, this way for reasons. And so in this case, in this instance, a healthier approach... And something that I have to keep in mind, because again, I, I mean, we just shared our first reaction was, uh, but a but a healthier approach is to look at this passage and be reminded that we're reading about how God has worked yes. in history. God has progressively revealed himself through the generations as he has revealed himself, he has shown more and more of himself. Yes. And what we find in this passage and what we're going to begin to, un well, continue to unpack, we've talked about this a lot in Hebrews, is that the Old Testament system is just not sufficient. Well, and as a matter of fact, there is a point that you and I both kind of got hung up on, recognized this week, where it talks about part of that insufficiency and what it's not sufficient to do. And, and I think even people who worked through that, right? So mm -hmm. God said, here is something for you. Here's the way I want you to do this. And they tried it and, and they went through the motions. They did the activities with sincerity, right? I'm not saying the people didn't care about God or they weren't as close to God as we are, but it couldn't satisfy the need. It, it wasn't sufficient to completely fulfill the need. It got them part way, right? They right. got something from it. It was beneficial. But once you have the complete answer, don't go back to the partial. That's right. And that's, that's right. And we've said that repeatedly in this podcast. That's as because what the writer said. Right? That's right. That's, uh, the, the book of Hebrews, uh, because that's what he's that's what he's calling yeah. us to here. And, and so as you read verses one through seven, you get kind of a snapshot version of what that old Old Testament law yeah. looked like, how it operated. You could see how God was working in that time and. As we've talked about in previous uh, podcasts, you can go back and listen to our pastor's sermons, how the people just could not live up to it. They did not live up to what that called them to. And so you get down to verse 9, and you read, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper. And Kevin, when I read that word conscience there, and then we read, I read it again a little bit later, that really stuck out to me. This was something that as I was making observations, I thought, hmm, there's something there. So it took I'm, me about three readings, to be honest. And then okay. and then it just popped for me. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's that is a significant statement. So let's talk about this, this whole idea of yeah. conscience. What exactly is that? So my best take on it, this is just out of my head here. Um, it it is that moral piece inside of me that lets me know that something is not morally acceptable. It's not morally right, right? But because it's not perfected, 
right? I have the Holy Spirit who is holy, who is perfect, and will tell me when I've done things. But my conscience inside of me, it it isn't that way without His help, without mm-hmm. His interaction. And so sometimes I see things and I can get righteously indignant about them, right? I, I believe it must be righteously indignant because my conscience tells me that doesn't seem right. But that peace that that leads us to believe that there's injustice, there's not rightness around us in the world, I think that is a, a good idea of what the conscience is. And I think for believers, that peace becomes perfected with the Holy Spirit, and we get a much better understanding. We begin to understand at the moment that we feel that conviction to come to the Lord, to me, that's when that starts to be perfected from the the unrighteous person who's not regenerate to, to the person that's got that alive. So Jiminy Cricket didn't get it completely wrong. <laughs> I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I think it was incomplete. It might've been incomplete. might've been incomplete, yeah, a little, a incomplete. little uh, immature, a little cartoonish, but, but it is that idea of having that sense of something doesn't seem right. Yeah. To me. And so the sacrificial system, it, it did its job in making the people ceremonially. But clean, it couldn't perfect that conscience. But it couldn't perfect that conscience. And so they could go through the motions of sacrificing an animal and going through their prayer motions, but on the inside just feel dirty and guilty and, yes. and think, man, I just, you know, this relationship issue that I have, this this motivational issue that I have, this 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 trap and this sin— I mean, this is very relational, right? You know, we can relate we to this. We still relate to the Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so you get down to verse 7, and it says, but when Christ appeared as high priest. Now, we've talked a lot about Christ being our high priest throughout this entire series. We spent a lot of time in chapters 5 and then again in chapter 7 talking about Christ being our high priest. Because of that, we can go to the Lord in prayer, mm-hmm. him being in the order of Melchizedek, which makes him a priestly, a kingly priest, Yes, uh, which not you know, a Levitical priest. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Not a Levitical priest. And when he died, he entered verse twelve once for all into the holy place, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood. And so there was still a sacrifice. Had you know, to have, had to have a sacrifice. Earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's in Hebrews that there has to be a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice given. So even though in verses you know one through eight, right? And and even one through 10, even in that section up there, we see that they were going through this mechanism, this set of, here's what you are supposed to do. And it included a blood sacrifice. But down here in verse 12, we see that his perfect blood sacrifice, Jesus' blood sacrifice says, thus securing an eternal redemption. Yes. At the end of verse 12, right? So his sacrifice actually got something that the others couldn't. Which is what we discover in verse 14, which says that the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself uh, without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So it was the blood of Jesus, though the blood of goats might have made somebody ceremonially clean. Yeah. You know, verse 13 talks about this. How much more... The blood the perfect of blood. Christ purifies our conscience. Yeah. And so as we come to worship this weekend, you may be wrestling with something emotionally. You may be wrestling with something at work. You may be wrestling with something in your family, a temptation. You just feel so dirty. You feel so unclean. You're thinking, how am I going to be able to approach the throne of grace 
this weekend in worship, but the Bible says that, and I wish I could remember the verse, that we can approach the throne of grace boldly. Yes. Because not of our own good, but because of what Christ does in this. And so you get into verse 15, it talks about how in doing this, he becomes the mediator of a new covenant. Yes. And so right here, there seems to be a transition. We've been talking about the sacrificial system and Jesus cleansing our conscience, but now a new metaphor, so to speak, yes. enters the conversation. Well, and and after that, you know, so we see up here in 14, how much more the blood of Christ, right? So that's the transition. When we get to the blood of Christ and he's offered as the sacrifice, now we get into this new covenant. And that's the covenant that we talked about, I think, in the last episode mm-hmm. in Jeremiah, right? That's right. That, that there would 31, be a covenant. I believe. 31, 31, 31, right? Yeah. And so where the Lord said, you know, I will write my laws on their hearts and I will be their God. Um, I, I think this is that place that we see that. This is the place where it becomes an actual opportunity for us that's right. to enter into this situation. That's right. And so... There, there enters into the conversation this idea of a will, a will being involved, getting into, you know, verses 15 and beyond. Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant um, and so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred, that's the death of Christ, that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. For where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it must be established. And so it's, you know... So there had to be a death. There had to be a death. And this of the is, person who had the will. Yeah. So whose will are we talking about here? Well, so we're talking about um, Christ. This is, this we're talking is, about yeah. the death of Christ and and the will that uh, was to that make his people there. holy, right? His what's will so is to un- purify our conscience. Yes. And what's so unique about Christ is, you know, it, a dead person doesn't become the, the, the person who stands before you to yes. make sure that the will is enacted. Yes, not not typically. That not, is typically. not typically. The yeah. dead person is dead. Right. I don't mean to be, you know, flippant about but, it, but that's the reality. That is. It, that's it the reality. Is for us, with apart from God, apart from his miraculous nature, apart from the righteousness, the holiness, and the life of Jesus Christ, that's all of our experience, right? Right. Yeah. Here, however, it says he is the mediator of a new covenant. Mm-hmm. So now... He's the one mediating the covenant for us. That's exactly right. So it was his will. He had to die so that it could be enacted. Now it's been enacted. And because he's raised, he's again, raised again to life. He is the one who mediates it. Yes. And he is the one who mediates it. Mm-hmm. And and this is exciting. This is good news. <clears throat> this is a part of that better hope that we talked about in a yes. previous chapter. Well, it's not. It, and, and he refers to this, the writer of Hebrews refers to this earlier. It's not of dead works. That's the thing. When we think about this and I realize that I have that eternal promise uh, of an eternal security, right? That I'm going to be in God's presence. <clears throat> That's been done because the sacrifice yeah. was finished. That's right. So the sacrificial work of Jesus was done. His mediatorial work, right? The fact that he stands between me and my sins, he stands between me and the judgment for my sins, the penalties for my sins, that work's not done. He continues that work. He he was raised to continue to do that work for me. So when I show up on Sunday morning, <clears throat> people are singing and I'm thinking, this isn't where I was on you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is, that I'm like, ah, how do I get to this place? 
knowing that I am cleansed because of his blood, that he is my mediator. He is the one who had a will to make me purified, and he is the one who is fighting for me, mediating for me, arguing for me, saying this is why it doesn't apply to him. Yeah. So Boy, if, if that doesn't help me to get ready to sing, yes. I don't know what, what does. So if chapter nine at the beginning feels very foreign, I hope this helps. We hope this helps you understand how very vital it is to us understanding what it means for Christ to be our mediator, for Christ to be able to give us a pure and a clean conscience and how all that came about. And and, and like you just said, Kevin, man, that that's what fires me up for worship. That's yeah. what gets me excited on a Sunday morning after a hard week yes. at work or a challenging time with my family or, yes. or whatever may be going or, on. Or this, this or, yeah, those, yeah, those temptations that, that you know, drag about us, that hold us down. As a matter of fact, the author talks about the, the weight of those sins sometimes or the weight of that temptation sometimes that, that holds about us. <clears throat> we can walk away from that pure in conscience, knowing that it's not in my holiness that I come before God, but in Christ's holiness. Now, we repent. We, we confess, we move on from that sin. But man, that is that is an exciting thing to know that it can be done for yes. me and I can be in God's presence. This is the life that he offers, the abundant transformational yeah. life. And so we do hope that you'll be a part of worship this weekend. If you're new to Silverdale, welcome. Come join us. We would love for you to join us either on Saturday night or one of our Sunday services. We have a number of opportunities throughout the greater Chattanooga area, even online. Check out our website for times and locations. And spend some time with the Lord. Get into this passage and enjoy Him. I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called the seven commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.